Welcome back to the Grower Radio Network. I'm Chris Mosby with Greenhouse Management and Produce Grower Magazines, and I'm joined by Ray Cloyd, an entomologist at Kansas State University. Today we're talking about mites. Ray, thanks for joining me. Thank you very much, Chris, for inviting me to participate. Uh, on the topic of mites, can you tell us just a little bit about the pest and uh, how they do their damage? Well, the primary mite pest we deal with in greenhouses is the two-spotted spider mite. And two-spotted spider mite likes hot, dry conditions. It uh, does have a sucking mouth parts, so the damage they do primarily is feeding on the leaf underside and removing the chlorophyll or the green pigment of the leaf resulting in kind of a, a stippling appearance. Um, severe infestations can cause uh, leaves to drop off and uh, massive webbing on plants. And which crops are they most likely to affect? Two-spotted spider mite has a very wide host range of, of plants. Uh, uh, marigolds is, is, is one of their many favorites. There's but a lot of tropical plants, certain annuals and perennials and even herbs and vegetables are, are fed upon by spider mites. And when are spider mites most active in the greenhouse? Well, as I alluded to uh, earlier, the, the two-spotted spider mite is a warm season mite, so it's really going to be pre prevalent uh, when temperatures are exceeding over 80 degrees Fahrenheit, primarily in the mid-spring to probably late fall. That's when you're most likely to have your problems with two-spotted spider mites, mainly because the life cycle is shortened during those time periods. In fact, when it gets over 85 degrees Fahrenheit, the life cycle from egg to adult can be completed in about seven days. Wow. And for growers who are concerned about spider mites, uh, what can they do, what steps can they take to prevent infestations? Well, preventing infestations is just uh, initiating a, a good, reliable scouting uh, program. Remember, spider mites are not going to be captured on yellow sticky cards, so this involves actual visual inspections of plants. Uh, one technique that uh, I recommend is taking a clipboard with a white piece of paper, uh, knocking the, the flowers or the foliage over it, and looking for the, the mites. Uh, the, the adults will be very distinct because you can see them crawling around, and they'll have two black spots on both sides of the abdomen. Um, that's, probably the, that's probably the best way to, to scout uh, directly for two-spotted spider mites on crop. Obviously, knowing which crops are highly susceptible, those are the ones you really want to target because if populations do get out of hand, it becomes very difficult to deal with them, either with biological control or with the use of miticides. Well, and that brings us to a good point. If you do get an infestation, what steps can a grower take to halt that development or to perhaps salvage crop? Two schools of thought there, Chris. The first one is if you have a population that's way out of hand, the, probably the best thing is to rogue out the infested plants and probably the ones near them and then uh, initiate some type of a, a miticide program. Um, the other one is if you're scouting early and you start detecting hot spots, localized infestations, you can also utilize miticides. Now, we, we have a pretty good selection of miticides commercially available, but using them correctly is important. And there, there are two things, you well, there are three things that really need to be taken into consideration. The first one is that the thorough coverage of all plant parts. Uh, many of them are contact only. Uh, some have the translaminar ability, which means that the material penetrates through the leaf tissue, and even after the residue is dry, there's some level of 
active material in the leaf, and so when spider mites come along later on and stick their mouth parts in the leaf, they can ingest a lethal concentration. Uh, the most important aspect of when you're using miticides on for spider mite uh, suppression is rotating modes of action. You need to rotate, uh, use one mode of action within one generation and then switch to another one in order to avoid the prospects of resistance. Now, the other way of dealing with spider mites is using biologic control or natural enemies, and we have a number of predatory mites. Um, the big one is known as Phytocelus persimilis. This is a mite that only feeds on two-spotted spider mite, but uh, is very effective um, against them. Uh, sometimes they'll, they'll eat so many they'll starve themselves out, which means that repeat applications may be required. Interesting. And what was the name of the predatory mite again? Yeah, it's referred to as Phytocelus persimilis. Uh, we call it a type 1 predatory mite, means it only feeds on two-spotted spider mite. Now, when you're using biocontrol, you have to make releases early on before you start seeing uh, outbreaks of two-spotted spider mite because by then it's, it's really too late. Right. It's more of a preventative measure at that point. Yeah, it's preventative, not, not reactive. Okay, Ray. And if our listeners want to get more information, can they uh, contact you in some way? Yes, they can contact me directly at Kansas University Wales. So I have an extension publication. You can download Google, do a Google search on it, on managing two-spotted spider mite in both greenhouse and nursery production systems. Uh, so, yes, they can contact me directly or uh, get on some of the information we have produced on uh, websites. Great. And, Ray, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Chris, for allowing me to uh, participate again. No problem. And for more podcasts, stay tuned to the Grow Radio Network. 